Welcome to episode two of season six. This is a very, very special episode of the Foyne Jones Show because we're marking a momentous occasion. Today, we're on location and we are joined by the brilliant John Davis of Smeg UK and his marketing team. This is an episode that you're going to enjoy. Here we go. We are recording season six of the Foyne Jones Show. It's a very, very special episode today. And there's lots of reasons for it to be special. One, Charlie Hula's in the house. How you doing, Mr. Hula? Charlie makes the magic happen and he was just playing that theme tune again, which always makes me smile. But why is today a special episode? It's our first episode on location away from the studio since the pandemic. So this is the first time we've been out. So you, you, guys, you guys and girls should feel special. It's even better because we've got a face returning to the show and we are at the wonderful Smeg UK's headquarters in Oxfordshire, beautiful Oxfordshire. And we've got a lineup. We've got a lineup today. We've got we've got a studio that's full, and we're just going to we'll, we'll welcome the first part, part person from the Six Bank Marketing Team, John Davis. Hello, welcome back to the Foy and Jones Show. No pressure. He's a two-time podcast veteran, boys and girls. I'm feeling um, old. Last time you you told your story, you you told us about the amazing collaborations that have been going on with Smeg, but today. We're going to meet the team behind John Davis. We're going to meet the people that make his work look so special. Because, yes, he claims all the credit, but I know that behind, behind every good person there, there's a team. And we're going to walk around, we're going to say hello to you all. But more importantly in this episode, we're going to have fun. You up for that? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to laugh. Um, we're going to talk about our own journeys and we're hopefully going to give some messages of inspiration because this season, this podcast is all about inspiring our stars of the future. So, John, you brought a full house. Who have you got with you today? We've got a full team, as you, as you said, Pete. Um, we've got Neve um, to my left and Neve has been with us now for 12 months. Yeah. So today is her anniversary as Smeg. So, Neve, welcome to the team. Thank you. We've then also got Chris. Chris is our graphic designer, um, and Chris has been with us for many years now, and I want to, um, without spoiling um, his story, he can talk a bit about that in a minute. Um, yeah, nice to meet you too, Chris. Chris, do you, Chris, do you, do you bring that, Chris? Do you bring that? Yeah, there's, there's love. There's love. All right, okay. We, we're going we're gonna to warm you up, because you've got a big moment coming later, Chris. You've got a big moment. And, and celebrating, celebrating 12 months, that's something very, very special. Um, we've got another celebration today, which I'm going to come, come to when we work our way around the room. But who else we got with us, John? We've also got Lucy, and Lucy's been with us now for three months um, and has, uh, has joined us from um, from a very after a very interesting background in retail, so we'll come on to Lucy again in a moment. And lastly, sitting next to me on the right, and we've got Abby at the end. You want Abby? Yes, good, thank you. Excellent, cool. excellent. So full house, a full house, five guests. We haven't even spoke about Fulham Football Club yet, but that oh God. that that will come, John. That will come. I've, I've actually managed to find a Fulham supporter ish in the lineup. So, right, okay. So, so was that so, hard work? Yeah, just just explain that to me again. Why are you a Fulham supporter? So my sister's boyfriend. Yeah. Supports Fulham, so there's 
half a link there. There you go. Very you, tenuous if you ask me. That's, that's, that's almost a season ticket holder. Exactly. holder. That's almost a season ticket holder. Typical Lucy, Fulham Lucy, fans. So, yeah. so, so Lucy is a Fulham season ticket holder and she's working at Speg. We're going to find out how you arrived here during the show. But, Charlie, very special day today. Not just on location, not just with John Davis and the Speg marketing team. I'm going to take us back and we're going to go back to the, um, I think it was spring of 2019. John, I had this crazy idea because I have crazy ideas. Um, this crazy idea was how can I take my social following on LinkedIn and the video content I'm doing, how can I take it into a different direction? What do I enjoy? I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy having fun. I do a little bit of recruitment on the side, but that's, that's kind of the, that's the day job. But I love personalities. I love talking. I love hearing people's stories. So I've got this crazy podcast idea. And I thought, if I can talk about people within my industry, uh, bring their personalities to life, throw a little bit of football in, I might have, might have something to go with. Did I ever believe that five years later I'd be sitting here at Smeg with you guys saying this, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, is the 100th episode of The Point and Jones Show? How about that? How about that? A hundred episodes. We've been on location. We went into lockdown. Or oh, we smashed some episodes out during lockdown. Um, someone didn't make the lockdown episodes, did they, John? No, that's true. <laughs> so, someone didn't make He never forgives me for that. I don't, I don't know what happened. No, but you let me off, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we you let, let you off, off and we got you in for a great episode of season five. Yeah, and I'm still reeling from that. I got a parking, t- parking ticket outside your studio. No, so. no, no. Brighton <laughs> City Council have got a lot to answer for. Um, it's all about driving in the right lane, though, isn't it? To be fair, there's no bloody bus lanes. <laughs> char, char, we, we've changed it since then. We've told, since, since you got your ticket, we've told everyone to park next door to the studio rather Thank than you very get much. into the studio. So you've saved a lot of people grief. But when I win my football, then I won't get a parking ticket. Well, well, at the same yeah, time. Well, well, I mean, t- a two-time podcast, a two-time podcast appearance. Now the man's nearly on, on calls for a hat trick ball, but. This season, season six, it's about inspiring our stars of the future. So we want to talk about the journeys that brought us to where we are right now because everyone knows about this brand. We know about the beautiful products. We know about the creative marketing. And, and let's be honest, we've seen you having it off in Vegas as well. And, and, and it's, it's a brand that stands out. I've walked around the showroom with my mouth open. You know, because you're like, wow. Uh, I think Sarah walked down. I think you wanted a coffee, though, Pete. Uh, yeah, to be yeah, I did. It's a long drive. It's a long drive from Sussex by the sea, mate. But but Sarah bumped into me out there, and she said, "You okay?" And I'm just like, 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 just starstruck. I'm looking at all, looking at all the everything there. But every business is only as good as its people, and that's a really powerful message. Do you agree with that? Abby? Yeah, Abby agrees with that. Chris, definitely. Excellent. So, John. Let's yes. talk about how you arrived at Spank UK, because I think if we get your story, yeah. that's a powerful message we can give to all of the listeners. Absolutely, and um, I like like a lot of brands, uh, brands um, as a marketeer, I coveted Smeg, and when I heard from a, recru- from a recruitment agency that there was a position available, I was like, well, absolutely, I want to go for it. And I worked my absolute nuts off for the job, and I was I got through the first interview, and this was about thirteen years ago, and I was told that I'd made the um, the final round of interviews, but I knew that I was up against people with industry experience, so I had to work harder to overcome those hurdles, and I did. I spent every night of the week leading up to the interview preparing for a, a really big presentation about how I wanted to take the marketing forward at Smeg, and I delivered that um, on the day. I felt the interview went well. 
And then after interview, sometimes you have a bit of an anticlimax. Did I say the right thing? Did it go well? Did it not go well? And it wasn't for about 24 hours until I heard back and I got the job. And I remember that moment. I was driving. I nearly crashed my car. Um, our MD phoned me and said, um, John, I, I'd like Sorry, to John, offer I you just the like job. The way, like the way everyone's laughing when you nearly oh, crashed your car. You know, no one's going, oh, good job you didn't. They were yeah, laughing. I know. You know, yeah. and, I, and I had to actually yeah. stop the car at the nearest lay-by to actually carry on with the conversation and accept the job. But I remember that moment and that moment was special um and I, I joined the marketing team and I was the only person in the team and obviously now I'm joined by a, ho- a whole team of us that are, are now working together and that for me is special to see that um how far the company's come and the fact that I've managed to progress the business enough to be able to bring a headcount in have your driving skills us. have your driving skills improved definitely not no, no definitely no, not. okay it's no. harder as you get older yeah don't ask harder. me how many points it's, I've got it's, it's harder as you get older but but are we going to get everyone to share some, some different stories because that's what it's about. Because we all go through things, and I and I deal with lots of individuals that are that are on the other end of job seeking. So so they get the phone call or not. They might they might not get the phone call. They've been unsuccessful. But but feeling nervous when you're going for a job, maybe going for something which you think's outside your comfort zone. They're all emotions people go for. Transferring into a different sector. I was you know people know my story. I was a kid from the council estate in Fulham. You know and you know I, I didn't have an okay education. I stayed in school. You know I finished it. Um, probably could do better all the way through but but when i when i started working for builders merchant and started developing my career i was always the youngest i was like the youngest rep the youngest this the youngest so i was always like, oh yeah you could go that but you're too young i'm like why am i so young um and i look back now and i think well if i managed to make that happen with hard work personality uh, good mentors because i did work for good people and that 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 helps because you, you got encouragement um there's so much that, that our industry can offer and it's getting that message back. It's why you've joined why you've joined John in the studio to, to record this today because there's so many different stories. So who should we talk talk to first, John? Who, do you, who, do you, who should we get in first? I would go for a, just pick, just pick, just pick. I'm going to go with Lucy. There you go. Gonna so, so I'm, go, I'm going with Lucy because she's the Fulham supporter. Absolutely. The Fulham supporter has to go first. I think all right. Fake so supporter. Lucy, all I want you to do is mm-hmm. just. You're not a fake supporter, you're real now, okay? You okay. are real. T- tell us about your journey and mm-hmm. how you arrived sitting on this stool with a microphone in your hand yeah. talking to me on my podcast. Let's, talk, yeah. let's, hear, let's hear your story. Um, so if we're going way back to school, which wasn't really that long ago because <laughs> I'm still a little baby, but still. Um, so school was fine, you know, normal experience. It was happy, didn't really mind being at school, like doing the work, it was quite nice. Um, but it got to sixth form and to be honest, it all just absolutely plummeted from there. I absolutely despised it. The essays, everything, I hated it. Um, so I decided to abandon that completely and just go straight into full-time working at retail, which I got sucked into and ended up being there for five years, longer than I wanted to be. Um, and then I sort of skipped the whole uni path and I did it a little bit unconventionally and I did open uni instead, which I'm still doing now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going well. It's a little bit stressful, but doing that alongside work here. Um, so yeah, full-time study, full-time job. So, um, I don't have a life basically <laughs> to put it in a, in a bubble. Well, I just you've got don't. to work on that part. All right. So, yeah. so the full-time study is good. The full-time job's good. The actual, the actual journey you went on is, is so, that's going to connect with so many people, mm-hmm, uh, because, because not everyone wants to follow that path. Yeah. Some people will go that path, but actually to, mm. to talk to someone that is committing their own time to, yeah. to do the studying, that's mm-hmm. commendable, mm-hmm. but also you said something which I think it's so powerful. Sixth form, 
that was it. You knew you were yeah. done. And it was just. It was and just and, not and at that moment, you know you're done. It, yeah. it's, it's sticking or twisting, and, mm -hmm. and where you go the right and way. I so, how did you arrive? What what stood out about this opportunity? How, how was that for you? It was more the products, and I think if you love the products and you love the look of a company, you want to yeah. work there. It's just like a natural sort of gravitation towards somewhere, and I think that goes for probably both of you girls as well. Um, so yeah, it was just you know pink fridges, pink kettles, what brought me here. So, um, so it's all down. So, so good recruitment mm -hmm. and good talent and attraction, John. Yeah. I've got to make a note of this. It's down to pink kettles mm -hmm. and pink toasters. That was the main selling pink point for me. Pink banners, any good? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pink, pink it nice to see she's on point with I the know, colours. It fits but, 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 it, but, it, but it's about standing out, you know. Yeah. And everything, everything we do as a business in, in the recruitment space mm -hmm. is about standing about. It's about being honest with people. Yeah, absolutely. because I imagine on your on your journey into employment, all of you guys, you know, you're going to have you're going to be let down by someone mm -hmm. who says they're going to ring you back. Multiple you're going to apply for a job and no one's going to come back to you. You're going to feel really happy, then really sad, and then and then it's 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 understanding the the strategies and the approach to take to get noticed and getting noticed is what yeah. really mm -hmm. stands everyone out I, I often say to people and we covered it last week in the episode about when i'm talking about my redundancy support i'm saying to people that there are three things that are going to get you moving in terms of in terms of job seeking and employability and every single one of those aspects is controlled by you not by me as a recruiter not by the company that's hiring it's owned by you you can control it first and this is the most important it's your own head you know, because yeah. if your head's in the right place and you're and you're committed and you're maybe challenging yourself, maybe dreaming a bit bigger than normal, but you really mean it, mm. you're gonna give yourself a chance. And approaching that process with your head in the right place, everything else kicks in. The next two components to get you almost using a football term, John, to get you match fit for job seeking, the next two components are curriculum vitae. All right, the CV, which my <laughs> mate Leonardo da Vinci created. John knows this story, but, you know, I'm going to say it again, but he arrived in Milan. Um, he wanted a job. He put on a scroll everything he was good at, which was quite a lot of things, because he could draw, he could philosophise, he could do lots of stuff. And he went to the Duke of Milan. And that roughly translates in Latin to passage of life or journey of life. And in the 1400s, the first CV was born. Uh, you know, you finished school 10 minutes ago. You would have used a CV. So, uh -huh. so that's, that's amazing. But then that CV, I say to people, forget what you read, forget what someone tells you, because we can all argue about what a good CV looks like or doesn't look like. Mm -hmm. How does it make you feel? When you give that to someone, is that the best representation of you? Are you 100% happy with it? Can you walk away from giving that to someone and go, yeah, I'm happy with that? Because if it makes you feel good... That's the document you want representing yeah, you. So definitely. head's in the right place, documents in the right place. Next one, modern world, social mm -hmm. media. Because if yeah. anyone says to you, like, you're like, right, when you apply for a job, we're not going to stalk you on every social media channel. <laughs> They're lying. Yeah, we will find absolutely. you. You know, we will find you. So for me, you know. I give people advice because they're looking for professional positions. Mm -hmm. I immediately talk about their LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Wow, what a tool. When you're asleep at night, that LinkedIn profile can be working for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So if you're content, engaging, you're building your connections, you're going to be standing out. So if you get them three components right, you've got a CV that you're proud of and your LinkedIn profile is working on your behalf mm -hmm. and, you're, and you're, you're boosting that through content or engaging with others and your head's in the right place. You can be a star of the future. Yeah, and Lucy's got something else really good to talk about as well because you were given a piece of advice from your family before coming to interview, Please weren't share, you? Lucy. Please what was share. It, what was that really nice piece of advice that you were given? 
I'm trying to remember whether it's the one I'm thinking of or if it's an alternative. But I think it was think your father that gave you some advice. He, One of the things he said, it might not be the one you're referring to, but he said to just apply for anything and everything, regardless of whether it says, you know, you must have X, Y, Z experience. I think the best thing to do and the best thing I ever did was just ignore all of that and just look at the job description and just yeah. apply. And then I think you also said to me that um, that he said, just go in there and be confident and mm-hmm. be... Um, Absolutely. Um, whilst, whilst you didn't have the experience um, that we were... Yeah, applying, don't we sort were, of shy away from yeah. it. Just admit yeah. that you don't have it. And go in there with honesty. I think, I think there's, there's there's two points there. One, your father's a very wise man. Oh, no. so, so that's 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 good. The old I'll man's tell got, him you said you know, that. He's, tell, him, tell him. And he's a Bullet fan now. So, so there you go. We're, we're recruiting, Charlie. We're recruiting. <laughs> right, but let's go back to that. So, so two parts, two parts of advice there. My my take on it is actually, if you like the company, if you believe you're right for the job, dream big mm-hmm. and, and apply for the job, regardless of of that. All right, if you've got a flying airplane, you don't know how, probably don't apply for that job. But, <laughs> yeah, maybe but not. But, but, but <laughs> dreaming big is really important. <laughs> I, I'd be sensible in terms of don't apply for every position you see. Mm-hmm. Actually. Apply for something you really want to do and mean yeah, it. Definitely. And then the other advice, that's spot on. Mm-hmm. Be yourself, be confident, be prepared. Do If, if 99% of people are going to do that much preparation, mm-hmm. for people won't be able to see, see my, my, uh, my, my hand signals on, on, on Spotify, <laughs> but do more. You know, yeah. if someone's yeah. going to do 10%, do 20. If someone's going to do 30%, do 40. Mm-hmm. And think differently. Because that's really, really important. It's thing differently. But good advice, John. That was that was my experience at Smeg in the sense that my mates turned around. We, we went out for a beer and they said, like, we got around, got to the second round of interviews and they said, well, if you're up against people that are, have got good, solid industry experience, why are you bothering? And I said, because I believe in it. And, um, and they turned around and said, well, you're not going to get it. And I said, well, you're telling me that I'm not going to get it. That's going to fuel me to actually get, go and get it. And I felt really good when I then went off and got it. I'd come from a background of construction and they said to me, you're not going to basically get into um, blue chip or FMCG without blue chip or FMCG experience. Mm. And I said, well, I can... I, I'll try my best and I'll, I'll prove you wrong and I did so that was my experience someone someone, some, some, some people said to me and I'm in my 20th year with the Foreign Jones Recruitment Group people said to me when I was walking away from a from a decent job you know it's quite quite a high position within, within a big corporate business as London Sales Director I was only 27 people, people were saying you know you, you, you've done it for a couple of years you, you're not 30 yet why are you walking away are you mad and I'm like no like, I, I want to do this. Like, it's, I, I want to set my own business up. And, I, and I, yeah, we've, we've had spectacular highs and we've had lows and we've had everything in between. But I'm sitting here today. We survived the financial crisis of 2009 and 10. We survived Brexit. We survived the pandemic. We've come out of it fitter, stronger and more profitable. You can do it. And there's no science to that. It's hard work, it's personality, and it's keep trying. And, and it's the personalities we want to bring in. So we've got some other guests who haven't, haven't told this story. So, so let, let's go with you next. Hello. Hello, who are you? Um, I'm Abby. I know, I've, yep. got, I've got your name written down, and I've got it right. Not like producer Charlie, who nailed it first time. Yeah. You know, it's almost like he's got it written down on his hand or something, Charlie. <laughs> probably has as a producer. Yeah, he probably has. Abby, welcome to the Foyne Jones Show. I know Thank that, again, you. it's your first podcast, yep. but you're an avid podcast listener. Yep. Um, you'll be an avid, you've got another one to add to subscribe now. You've got 99 yep. episodes to catch up on yeah. before you get to your one. So that's, uh, that's, some, that's some listening in itself. But yeah. tell us your story, Abby. 
So I had a bit of a different experience to Lucy, actually. So when I was at school and I went on to college and I actually didn't know what I wanted to do, I was a bit scared to go into a full-time job. Um, I just wasn't really sure. So I, I did go to uni. I did fashion marketing. should apologise for going to uni. I think it's I a know. good thing. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so I did fashion marketing at Falmouth Uni. Yeah. Um, I, re- I loved it. Um, but I think it just wasn't the right industry for me. Um, and I think I also struggled after, it's like you're saying about LinkedIn earlier, after uni, I just saw everyone getting jobs and I was just like, I thought I was doing something wrong, um, but I really focused on creating my portfolio. That affects you, doesn't it? When you, yeah. Because that, that's, that's often... Yeah. Because um, we do a lot of work with that as well. It's, it's kind of like chill, you know, it's okay, but but you can, you can get overwhelmed by everything you yeah, say. Yeah, I think I, whilst I was applying for a job, so I remember not going on LinkedIn for a while because it mm. just, it sort of disheartens you a bit if you're getting rejected from jobs. Um, but, I mean, it didn't stop me because I'm here now. Um, but... Yeah, I focus on creating that portfolio. And I think that is something that I would give as advice is if you're wanting like, a creative job, whatever you do, just add it to your portfolio. Even if you haven't got the experience, which I found that I didn't have actual work experience in it, mm. but I sort of created it myself. Um, and just using that and anything you've got, just adding it and it will help. Thank you. Yeah. And, that, and that's another example of, where, you know, them three components of job searching. You know, you've, you've looked at LinkedIn and thought, that's not working for me. Yeah. Like, right now it's not working for me, so you've made an adjustment. But the, the big area you focused on was you. Yeah. And, and, and it is the belief, isn't it? Control. Yeah. That controls everything. You know, whether we get up in a bad mood, whether we get up, you know, you get up to do yoga. I'm, I'm not one of these people that believes in, like, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. and change the world. You know, I'm like, all right, mate. You know, I see that all the time. But, yeah. okay, you know, come to my world and see, see how you feel. But what I believe in is if you commit to something and you've got time and you focus on it, you've only got one go at it. So, yeah. so I say to people, you know, show me five jobs you're interested in and then show me. They're not my jobs, they're jobs anywhere. I'm like, okay, what one do you like the most? Why do you like it? That's mm. why I like it. Okay, well, throw the other four in the bin. Yeah. And look at me like I'm mad. I say, <laughs> let's, let's go for that one and let's yeah. really go for it. And then we can pick another one and we can pick another one because what often, and you may have been in this, job seekers fall into a trap of they just hit apply, they just hit apply, they just hit apply and you, you, you're being, you know, yeah. your, your life's dictated by a job board or it's job, it's, it's that. Yeah, and, and, I think... And that's not what works. Yeah. When I got my... Well, my first job was on my granddad's fruit and vegetable. So I got that by... Well, I didn't have a choice. I just had to do that. So Two for a pound. Yeah, two, two pound for 40 tomatoes, mate. I, I could, I've still got it. I've still got the banter if, if we want to go there. But... What that taught me was we had to get up early. We had to pull the barrel away. I had to I had to sell stuff during the day. And if I sold a bit at the weekend, he'd give me money to go and watch Fulham. You know, or Chelsea back then. So both home. It was that cheap. It was mate. It was pounds. You could pay the turnstile pound back then. But you I know, am old. You're not a fan, mate. You're I'm 48 now. You know, so so I'm old. So I'm going back into the into the 80s. But when I went for my first job, um, I walked into a job centre. Because that was where you got jobs. And they had the jobs on the board. And picked one up and went to see the lady. And she said, uh, sorry, that's gone. Went, OK. Went back. Had a look at another one. Picked another one up. Went to see the lady. She said, yeah, that's still available. Um, do you want to go forward? Yeah. She rang the branch up. And I, I walked down there the next day. And they, they gave me a job. Did, did I wake up that day and decide that I want my, my dream was to be a, a work in the yard of a builder's merchant or serving a counter? No. Um, if someone had asked me a few years back what I wanted to do, I would have still said play centre forward or centre midfield for Fulham. Sadly, um, didn't quite have that in You're entitled to your dream. Yeah, you we, we still dream. It might have left me now, John. It might have left me now. You know, at 48, I may may not get that chance. But in later years, I have I have played at Fulham. I have I have done done that. And you look at it from 
and I say this to my own sons. My, my, my boy is a my 24 year old's got his own business. My 20 year old John knows he passed out with a parachute regiment, so he's he's easy with the paras now. Um, you know they they're doing what they want to do. Um, one was brilliantly gifted academically. The other one was severely dyslexic. So you, you look at it in different ways. But but we've been able to support them as parents. Um, I wouldn't say my advice has always been as good good as your dad's because, uh, you know, I think it's it's quite hard sometimes to attach a day job to, to your own family. But I'm proud of what they do. And whatever path they chose, I want them to be happy. And job seeking should be about being Same happy. Thing, so yeah. so if you found somewhere you're happy here, yeah. you're working in part of John's marketing team, what a good place. Yeah. Yeah. What a good message to send to the next generation. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. I think I focused on wanting to just apply for jobs I knew I'd actually enjoy rather mm. than apply to loads of them. Um, and then I came across this job and I thought it was a perfect fit for me. Like I've, as a consumer, I've always wanted to own smoke products as well. And I thought like the job description as well fitted great. So, yeah, great. We spent a lot of time talking about my first smoke product in the last podcast, didn't we? My, my first one, my I orange fridge. I forgot what it was. My oh, orange yeah, fridge, yeah. orange fridge. The orange fridge, oh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we done our little flat up in Fulham and uh, it was, it, you know, my wife was there with John Lewis catalogue and it was there, it was there, it was there. Other brands, you know, it's not, not, not limited to one stockist. But I always remember that and it was iconic. And, um, and, it, and it stayed in that little flat all the way through. You know, every tenant that rented the flat out, that was the showpiece thing of the kitchen and, yeah, it was just a statement of who you are, isn't it? And it's just an iconic, and and and, and everything that that J- Jane furnished the house, that the kitchen area with, all was you know built out of that that purchase. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, are you ready? The digital revolution is no longer a spectator sport; it's game on. The magical art of storytelling is the future. Social, content, branding, podcasts, video marketing, and virtual 360 tours. This is Jones Digital. So it was, um, it was, ama- it was, ama- it was yeah. an amazing moment. Neve's wearing the colour now, I think. Uh, okay, yeah, so we've, we've got orange, we've got pink. It's like I'm reminiscing. So, Neve, we're going to bring you in on that orange note, all right? That was clever. So, so that was good, John. That was seamless, mate. Yeah. That was Very clever. Good. I Very could good. see him on Sunday brunch. I genuinely could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd enjoy it, yeah. But I'd probably do too much eating, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the amount of drinking they do. I'd be like Danny Dyer. Drinking's good. I'll be in all sorts of trouble. But... I'm celebrating my 100th podcast, which is fantastic for you guys to be part of. Right, that's great. But you're celebrating 12 months here. Yeah. yeah Congratulations. My, thank you. <laughs> it's my Congrats. one year anniversary today. So very, very happy to be here and on your 100th episode. So how, how did your journey begin? How, how did you arrive here? T- um, talk me through the steps. Well, it's been quite a long kind of journey for me because I've always worked in sort of small businesses but if I cast my mind back to how I initially started it was kind of a conventional route I would say which is finishing my A-levels and I've always been creative so I then went into um, a year of an art foundation course, um, moved on to university and I studied visual communication Um, then once I'd finished my degree I went straight into work. A lot of my friends sort of went into the like London area and worked in fashion and things but I was always more of a kind of arty creative kind of person um so I'd started in a company 
as actually as a um, like an administrator um, and there was an opening for a graphic design position there um, so that was about probably 13 years ago now um, so I started in graphic design but I've always worked in marketing departments or marketing agencies mm. after that first job I had so I've always been very interested in marketing um, and my best friend has actually had a really lengthy career in marketing and she's always said, why don't you think about doing marketing? Like you, you're not stuck in doing one thing. You can always branch out. So she said, I think you'd be fantastic at marketing. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't really think I've got like enough experience in it. And she said, but you've, you just have to show your personality. And that is exactly what Abby was saying. You just have to be brave, take that step and show so your personality. I know I'm cutting across, but I can't help it. But that message of being brave showing your personality john's mate said we can't do it you haven't got 10 bit you haven't got 10 lives before you you haven't got 10 sets of experience that exactly match mm. he's proved it wrong you've proved it wrong and, and and we're hearing it again that actually being brave and believing you followed your dreams yeah the streets are not paved with gold in london right you know it's and i'm and i'm from west london <laughs> yeah so so not every opportunity has to be within the square mile or, with, or within the capital. Um, London's always going to be my home, but I haven't lived there for 10 years. I live, I live near Brighton and Sussex. So, but, but I look at it now and I think there's so many opportunities in London. There's opportunities everywhere for people, you know, fantastic opportunities. You're doing something you're passionate about. So, so, so you went for marketing and here yeah. you are. So um, I have had about around approximately 10 years, I guess, in, market, in graphic design, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then when I applied for the role at SMEG, I, the way that I'd managed to sort of get myself around to applying for such what I thought was a big step because it's such an amazing company, um, I kind of just thought I'm going to look for brands that I really, really like um, and I'm going to go that way because I'd always worked in the small businesses and I thought, why not just reach for the stars and try and mm. try and work for a brand that I really, really love myself already. So I did apply for the SMEG role for marketing exec, but unfortunately I forgot to attach my cover letter. So that was a, a rookie error. So when I sent across the application, John received my application with um, all my graphic design oh, experience. And Neve, <laughs> and Neve actually got a rejection from me. Yeah, I got yeah. I got rejected from John. So I was like, Ooh. why? I was like, I well, that's I... changed the mood, hasn't it? Hey? <laughs> Did you want to move the seats around a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Get the boxing but, gloves out. Yeah. What I did... I'll get Brad involved. I'll get you in the ring. <laughs> Instead of get upset and cry I was like he's rejected me based on my graphic design experience but I have actually got experience in marketing so I looked back at my application and I was like oh, I haven't attached my cover letter because I'd been working at this point in marketing for about a year and a half um, and I was working and I was sort of looking after a team member and things like that so I emailed John personally didn't I which was a bit of a big step I suppose yeah, but yeah I tried to be brave and I just thought I really really want to work for this amazing company and I'd heard good things so I emailed John and I said, hello, thank you for your um, email. Um, I just wondered if I'd, if you did receive my cover letter because I've attached it to this email and I'd really appreciate if you could take another look at my application. Mm. Um, and then I didn't hear back until the next day when I was invited for interview. Yeah. So I was like, oh, but I was invited by HR. So I was like, does John know that HR <laughs> invited me? Or? Yeah, we do talk occasionally. <laughs> But yeah, so then I got my first interview, which was, um, uh, it was a Zoom call, wasn't it? Or a Teams call. Yeah, it was, a, it was during the end of lockdown. Yeah. As it was starting to peter out, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Do you know what lockdown, did? I mean, 
it's, this is I say this they say this quite a lot, but but the global pandemic was horrific. You know, we there was loss of life, the worst in humanity, the best in humanity, which was inspiring. But for me, as, a, as owning a recruitment business that's been pioneering video technology since 2015, it enabled everyone to, wait, to to catch up in a way. So a lot of our work is through video. So again, you know, this it's not about my business, but we mentioned about that application, that mm. covering letter, and you know, the CV and LinkedIn. We use video when we introduce people. So so it's video alongside your portfolio. It's you talking about you, and it and it gives everyone a chance to bring their personalities and what you would bring to a position to life because that's what you did when when you met them. You brought you brought to get you brought you show what what you're about. I actually think that what you did, yeah, by by getting the rejection and having the courage to actually go back is fantastic. Oh, because you. the majority of people will just walk away. Mm. And they will walk away. And and if jo- if John or HR had blanked you again, what's changed? Yeah. I mean there was nothing to lose for No, me. you've got absolutely nothing to lose, yeah. but you've got something life changing to gain. Yeah. And you'd be staggered. Again, we're coming on to some of the advice we give to inspire people. How many how many individuals will apply for a position but not connect with the key stakeholder or hiring manager on LinkedIn or send them a little cheeky message saying, you know, yeah. I've, I've admired your brand. I've seen your recruiting. I've applied. Love to be considered. What advice would you give me? You can go. There's so many different steps you can go through. But now go back to what set start. Every one of those steps is controlled by you. Yeah, exactly. Because you can own that. Yeah. So let's go back to the Neve story, please. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because um, I was enjoying it. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, so, yeah, I took that courageous step, I suppose, to speak with John again and got the initial interview. And a bit like you said, John, I was a bit like, oh, afterwards, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if I said the right thing, but... My my family have always said to me, look, your personality, you're very bubbly, you know, as long as you just be yourself and be brave, you, you're not missing out by doing anything wrong. Yeah, there's nothing to lose. So show your personality. And my granddad always says to me, like, your personality, you've got to get, let it shine, get it across. So I listened to that. And then I had my second interview. And I met with John in the office, didn't I? Yeah, that was the first time in the office, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, first time in the office. And like you said earlier, when I walked in, I was like, wow, it's just so (laughs) incredible. Like, I was like, how this feels like a dream. Like, it's like a dream. I mean, I'll be honest, the peanuts fridge just drew me in, you know, straight away. (laughs) Charlie Brown, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. They must have thought, is that a strange fella down there with a hat staring at Charlie Brown? Like, yeah. you know, that's about the spot. That wasn't here when Neve started, though. No, oh, well, at oh, well, the time okay. when I walked in, it yeah. was the big, massive Diet Coke fridge oh, on the wall. Oh, there you go. No, we spoke about them, John. Yeah. We spoke yeah. about that we collaboration. Did. We spoke about that. We that did. Was, uh, that yeah. was good. But I was joined by a colleague, Phil Coolstock, uh, an area of the business that Neve works in. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he helped me out with that interview because... I like doing interviews, but I like having I like having a wingman or a wing lady with me to um, to ask different questions because it's nice that way. I think, isn't it? Mm. Fantastic. I was asked Carol. to do. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Carol, Carol, <laughs> I was going to say I was asked to do. You um, weren't asked to do a song or dance with. No, or? no, no. Presentation. No, that kept, kept That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. A presentation, um, and I thought I've already been kind of courageous, so. I'm going to take another courageous step. This was a risk. This was a risk. Oh, I'm excited already. Would you hear Charlie? Yeah, I just thought, bit, there's you tension know, building up. It's like they've rehearsed this, isn't it? No, it's like they're double X. I'm going to do it. I've already taken one risk. I'll take another. So, John asked me to put together a presentation on my favourite brand. Now, I thought, well, I could Ooh. say Smeg. I, I thought to myself, it is one of my favourite brands. I love the brand, always have. 
but that's then a cop I thought, out. Yeah, that's a bit easy. So I thought, let's be, good, let's be a bit naughty and we'll go for a very well-known competitor brand. Other brands are So that was what I based my presentation on. And as soon as it came up on the screen, John and Phil looked at each other, had a little giggle, and I was like, oh, no, that's either a good giggle or a bad giggle. <laughs> I'm guessing it was a good giggle, to well, be I'm fair. Well, I'm here today, yeah. so... Well, I, I think I'd said to Phil beforehand, I wonder if they're going to mention this said brand. Um, I bet they won't. No, they definitely won't. And then and then he presented on I that presented particular it. brand. Yeah. <laughs> I'd done a SWOT analysis. I'd done yeah. everything I could on that band, but I kind of weaved in the Smeg. The connections where, with Smeg. Yeah, the connections. So I think that was another brave step. So I guess just be brave would be my advice and yeah. believe in yourself. And, and, and again, you've done, and I say this, nine out of 10 people will turn left, turn right. You know, if, if nine out of 10 people are going to apply that way, you've applied that way. Not many others, I would imagine, would have done that. You know, because because you, you you're going against what people would expect you to do. Yeah, you being remembered. Um, the world is full. I hate saying this, but the world is full of forgettable people. So if you've actually got a smile on your face and you're doing something different, something brave, something to stand out. Wow, you got a hell of a chance. So thank you so much. And you're and, and, and twelve months of fun, laughter, and and, and it's enjoyment. Been the most amazing year of my career, and I've just I'm really grateful to John for taking that chance on me and the whole company. I just love working here. Yeah, I mean, it's a business thing as well. The business likes to encourage new blood into the company and that's something that we haven't really brought out in this podcast yet, but we want to show faith to people in the local area. We want to bring bring new talent into the business and I'm passionate about that. Um, so that's what we've gone and done, really. It's, it's great. But I mean, whether it's me with 13 years of service, Neve with a year, Chris with seven to 10 and Lucy Abbey with three months... I don't know if everyone else agrees with me, but it feels like we've been at Smeg for longer. If I mean, I feel like I've been at Smeg for a lifetime. I certainly don't think Neve's only been here for 12 months. I would have said two to five years. There's a lovely togetherness um, about yeah. you all, you know, the, the way you came down and, you know, the you made me, Charlie and I feel welcome because we, you know, we kind of stand out a little bit. We're, we're, we're different to the normal visitors, I would imagine. Gasping and for a coffee. Yeah, I was gagging, <laughs> mate. I was absolutely gagging for a coffee. Never and I just wanted to, st- I wanted to steer the coffee conversation onto coffee and machines as well because that, that was important. But that welcome, but the way, the way you are with each other is really special and that that must come through all your stakeholders all the people you're dealing with will feel that i'd imagine i think yeah there is a great like sense of community here and because we're working in the office every day i think it makes such a difference like mm. with lockdown especially and a lot of working from home i think it can get lost so i think yeah it's really great to come in the office we every look day. forward to seeing each other every day yeah. as well, I mean, don't my, we? my, yeah. my lockdown working from home story is a sad lonely one because i can't work from home i can't i'm rubbish mm. i'm the same as yeah, you yeah, I, i'm same. absolutely rubbish i go to the fridge i go to the football i, yeah, go, the I can't do it i can do the odd linkedin post i can do a little bit but not real work so i've got a little cocker spaniels called snoop dog most people know him if they follow me on linkedin <laughs> he's more popular than me um can't be with us today you know, oh. but you know, he sends his love. But no dogs allowed. Yeah, no dogs allowed. <laughs> but but with Snoop, what he and it was purely coincidental that we got him the Christmas before lockdown. But what he gave me was he was the chance to get out and about. So I used to do the long lonely walk for fifteen minutes. I don't know that far to my office, and I'd be then the lonely business owner in the office, and I'd have like I'd do a little bit of admin on that desk. I'd do some sales, and that was quite hard to do sales during lockdown. But I'd do some stuff on that desk, but. I found it better for me to go into a place of work. Yeah. Um, and I'm like that now, even with, with the new offices we're in, in the, in the marina. You know, 
I find it easier to, to pop in and do an hour's work and pop back home. It works for me. But then I get inspiration by others who've set up brilliant home offices. I've tried all that and failed miserably. So, mm-hmm. so I know my weaknesses, and that's important. Yeah. I, I, know, I know my weaknesses. But, but, but I spoke to a lot of people that found, that found lockdown really tough, you know, and they found it really, really tough, and they weren't able to get out. And, and I think we have to celebrate the chance we can be, be how we are now because if anyone had said to us, John, what was going to happen, you know, you go back to January, February 2020, what we all went through... We're sitting here now. It affected people's education. It affected people's yeah. way of life. It, yeah. You know, people have had bereavements for it. We're here now and we're celebrating individual successes. And I tell you what, Peter, that's a, that's a great cue. You've done it again. Uh, introduce Chris. Chris is our, our designer. Chris um, Chris is our designer um, applied from a, a freelance background and I'll let, I'll let him tell his story. But it's really interesting to see how... Um, Chris worked from home. Chris spent many years working from home, and it'd be interesting to see his view on on life now. And Chris is Chris has got a very special story as well. Because, uh, <laughs> John shared some, John special, shared some of it with me yeah. when I was on the uh, coming onto the M40, and then speaking speaking to you outside the show. Yeah, I, I, this this is the big this is the, this is something which I think I think it's going to send a real message to what 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 can be done. So, Chris, the floor is yours, oh, sir. God, the audience yeah. is yours. Well, and these girls, are, these yeah. girls, <laughs> John and the girls have set a high bar. I know. Yeah, I know. Do you know I'm what I'm saying? Thinking, but you're sitting oh, there thinking, no, this is again the plan. Yeah, I almost yeah. bluffed the lion. I mean, I haven't cracked many jokes, so I haven't crashed and burned yet. So I can still throw, throw a few bad jokes. <laughs> Come on, I want to hear a joke. <laughs> What's the horse say when he goes into a fridge? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. So, yeah, basically... You like that one, Charlie, do you? No, okay. I started many moons ago. Um, I left school. Didn't get on with school at all. Um, I did my stuff, and I was always good at what I did, but I, I never really um, I never really had sort of the, the academic kind of drive to, to study. Um, so I quit sixth form. Crashed out, went into garden centre, and I used to lug compost. Which <laughs> Nothing's was, changed there then. Yeah, yeah. Now I just lug fridges. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm going to sort of keep this one because it's quite a long story. But um, I spent years getting um, compost water down my back and manure, and <laughs> I hated it. It was horrible. But I kept going and I kept applying for jobs and you know but I, I always had this thing I, I can draw you know and I, I always knew that I could draw but I couldn't ever see my mum would 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 say you need to look at something else because drawing isn't going to make you money and I was like well yeah well I think it will anyway um I applied for various different jobs never had confidence in myself and then I, but I kept going, I kept pushing because well, I thought, well, I've got to do something. I don't want to be lugging compost for the rest of my life. Um, I, I managed to sort of jump into a, a graphic design job, you know, back in the day where you had to apply through the job centre. And I went through and I got this job, or I applied for it, and it was in Abingdon, of all places. And, and they, they sort of took me on completely by accident and called me for the first week, Peter. <laughs> so was uh, it? I didn't apply for that one. Yeah, so yeah. I literally I spent the first week kind of being quiet, thinking, oh, I think they've got the wrong person. Here. <laughs> I've called. So, I've heard you called worse things. Chris, yeah, to yeah, be honest, yeah. So but... I got to the end of the. It's quite, the, it's quite an endearing name. Yeah, I got oh, to the end of the week, <laughs> and I was like, well, my name's not actually Peter. And he and the guy that employed me, I think he was so embarrassed <laughs> that he was like, 
okay. Um, what is your name? <laughs> so anyway, so I, I, that's how I got into design. And I'd sort of learnt from the designers, um, kind of like literally sat with them. And, and then, and then I, I moved through my career and I ended up going into um, my own business because I wasn't really, you know, happy with, with the, the route it was taking. And, um, and that's kind of how I sort of stumbled across the Meg because running your own business is really tough. You know, you're on your own. I'm not a salesman. You know, I'm rubbish at it. And I'm good at drawing, but you've got to be everything when you're running your own business. So I started applying for jobs again and basically saw this one through my auntie. Like, it came up. My auntie worked here already. And she said, oh, you should fill it out. And I was like, oh, all right. So I, I started to fill it out and my computer, my ink ran out of my my, uh, my thing. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to get it anyway. So I just I just wrote it out in my neat handwriting. I just wrote it out and uh, and posted it. And then didn't think anything else of it. I think it. it actually got hand-delivered by your auntie. Possibly, possibly. Uh, and the, the next thing, John gave me a call because I stood out from writing it out in by hand, um, which was a complete shock to me because I just kind of brushed it off as one of those things that you, is just going to be a... So, so without knowing, you've, you've actually without any any thought process behind it, other than I'll just finish what I've started, you've made a unique application that has one million percent stood you out above every other boring Word document that's mm. coming through or boring process thing. I've heard you've got calligraphy style writing, so I think your writing's. A little, I mean, no it, one can it read does my, help. No one can read my writing, but but I've heard your writing's good, which would have stood out. But John, let's just. Just and thank you, Chris. I no, mean, no, no. The, the manure and compost down your back—that that, was—that was a graphical <laughs> yeah, picture that yeah, the listeners yeah. are going to love. But that must have just stood out completely, John, when, when that landed on your desk. Yeah, it did. I mean, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I did. I was aware of. Um, I knew who Chris's auntie was, and she worked in the business. But it was nice to receive something very different. Something different. <clears throat> For something different, and it did stand out. Yeah, and that's that's that. So so the almost artist representation or graphical representation handwritten by yourself it's got got you an interview did they call you by the right well, name it was, it was it started off yeah they got them in the that's right good name, i mean i just you know did, does good anyone start, know what peter did next <laughs> i just kept quiet okay i was oh, just like just I, he was so embarrassed i think that that was probably it because yeah. he was so embarrassed that he was like um okay we'll just move on there yeah you're, I mean, you, you've I gone on to great things. I'm just worried I, about Peter because, like, <laughs> you've got his job. You know, he's, he's, I come out yeah. now and again. Cool. Right, carry, carry on, mate. So, so the um, journey for you. So, yeah, so I ran my own business for, like, with Smeg because I've been with Smeg for 10 years but on the books for sort of around seven and a half. And I, I sort of, we, I did freelance for them for quite a while. And then um, after a little while, it kind of became obvious that I could actually offer them more. Mm. So it was kind of like, look, I can do so much more than because I used to pitch for individual jobs. So I could do, you know, John would contact me. Oh, we've got this particular job. Can you do it? Yeah, no problem. It'll cost you X. Fine. But I said to him, look, you know, if I come in under your wing and I'm not, you know, running my own business, I could come in and do work for everybody. And that's kind of how we sort of came Amazing. on. Amazing. And then, and then from then, I've... And, yeah. and, and are we seven or ten years later? So it's ten years total, 
It's about seven three. Ah, four, so that's seven right. and so, so it's ten with a freelance in and, yeah. and seven there. Well, what I would say, Chris, that that message to wrap up this part of the show. All right, we've we've gone through John's journey, we've gone through Lucy's journey, we've gone through Abby's journey, Neve's journey, and you've just done something amazing. Perhaps it happened. Perhaps it's because the printer ran out. Perhaps it's because your handwriting special. But forget all that. Every one of you, you controlled it yourself. Yeah, and, and you've believed, and that's what's put you yeah. here. And I think that message, Charlie, to end this end this section of the show, which has been absolutely brilliant, is about inspiring our stars of the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This episode's been special. It's the 100th episode of the Foy and Jones show. I know, we keep saying that. It's the 100th episode. We're we're in treble figures. I'm going to get T-shirts made, John. I'm going to write a book. I'm waiting for my ball. Uh, Yeah, well, you've got to come back onto another episode to get the ball. But on the... You've done that well there, didn't you? eh? On the subject (laughs) of round balls. I cannot, I cannot have an episode of the the Foy and Jones show without bringing some football banter in. We're not going to talk about Charlie's team. Because they're at the top of the Premier League, so we're not really that interested in them. We're not interested in Arsenal. Arsenal, but but John, um, lifelong Manchester United fan. Saw your post, you know, it made me it made me smile. Was it a bit gushing? Uh, I, I mean, look, hey ho! I bumped into Fulham captain Tom Kearney in a petrol station before the game Friday night. We did a selfie. It was okay. He thought I was a strange old man, but it was all right. He did. It was right. a bit of man love going on. Oh, there, there was proper there was proper love going on as well. Um, he got really bored when I told him I was telling him about this goal he scored and that goal he scored, but. You had that, your club, your team, managers making stuff special. He's, he's, doing, he's done well, he's dealt with a big problem, he's got the yeah. team together and you picked up your first trophy in a while at Wembley, Manchester Absolutely, United. Absolutely, yeah. And it brings back some boyhood memories for me. Remember when I was seven years old and my dad took me to the old Man United training ground. He he had a piece of equipment that, that mended Ryan Giggs's hamstring injury. Um, and um, for many years, Ryan Giggs was being berated in the media for manning tights and he wore these tights that held his hamstring in place. The, the machine solved, solved the injury and I was the one that delivered it. And during that experience, I met all the old players. And when I went back to Old Trafford this weekend, I saw some of those old players. I walked past and bumped into Brian Robson and we did the museum tour and we saw Peter Schmeichel's huge, huge gloves. And as a kid, I stood there in awe. And there I was with my kid at the same age that I was, seven years old when I had when I first went and I took him round and I, he's, he's absolutely loving football at the moment and um, we had an amazing weekend. It's an amazing, I mean, the Theatre of Dreams is special. You know, I remember Fulham's first game back in the Premier League. Well, first time ever in the Premier League. So I, I grew up watching, I'm going to bore you, but I grew up Fulham, watching Fulham in the, in, in the fourth division. So, so they were rubbish. We were playing, you know, lower league football. I never dreamt we'd be in the Premier League ever. But, but when we got there, first game, obviously we draw Man United. Of course we do. I mean, oh, we go, we're going to get battered. Oh no, we've got the audacity to score first. We go one up. <laughs> Then you equalise some bloke called Ruvan Nistelroy. Hey. Um, yeah. Then, then we then we even even more cheeky. We go two one up. Louis Saha scores both goals. Then some fella called David Beckham. I don't know if you know him. Oh yeah. He, he called a free he, kick. He in. was from London. He as called well, a free he? kick in two all, and then they get the win and we lose three two. And, and just to rub it in even worse, that Christmas Fergie bought Louis Saha. He started playing for Man United as well. That so was a bit special. That was, wasn't like, it? that was welcome to the Premier League, but but but. 
great to see Man United pick a trophy up again. Yeah, it's nice to see a recovery. And I felt sorry for the to 10 million Newcastle fans that were in Trafalgar Square the night before. Yeah, yeah. We even had um, an old an old foe of um, of, of, of Smeg, uh, Tony the Fridge, that carried an orange fridge, your original fridge, yeah. carried the orange fridge from John O'Groats to Land's End. Massive Newcastle fan. And like the other 40,000 fans, spent time um, in Trafalgar Square near the Smeg store. Um, and they spent all day there and they went home chafing so I do feel a bit gutted about and it. And it's a bit, it was a big moment for the club, for yeah. Newcastle, just to be back amongst it as well. Absolutely. And, and, and you could, but there is, if you talk to a Newcastle United fan, I know so many of them, the Eddie Howe factor is making such a massive difference to that club. Yes, they've got gazillions in terms of investment, but he's spending it wisely. And in terms of investment and in terms of a team outperforming where they should be, punching well above their weight, let's talk about... Our football team, Fulham Football Club. <laughs> Let's talk about our football team. I mean, I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't do this to Lucy. She's not really a Fulham fan, but we're, we're having a decent season. We're sixth in the Premier League. It's great. We've got a game tonight against Leeds United in the FA Cup. And do you know what? I would have been happy above anywhere fourth bottom so we didn't go relegated. So good time for my team. Good time for your team. Good time for your team, Lucy. Up to Fulham. I mean, I won't tell you that I am a United fan, but oh, it's fine. Oh, oh, sorry. That was a blow. It's the family team. That, that's that's got to be edited out. <laughs> that's normally what Arsenal fans do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it read it all out and somehow make it about Arsenal. Same old Arsenal. All right, so, so we had a few challenges before we entered the studio. One was that we walked in fun and we walked in with smiles on our faces. Are we going to leave happy? Are we going to leave that we've had fun? Definitely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Different day at the office. So... We've got an important message that I want to do. I want, to, I want some important messages to, to end this episode and inspire our stars of the future, okay? So, we're going to start with you, Abby. No pressure. All right? I'd like you to give three bits of advice to people beginning their journey. What would you say? I think the biggest thing is to remember that everyone's on a different path, whether that's like in your personal life, your career, and everyone gets to different stages at different times. You know, some people get there straight away and they might be really lucky. Some may go a less traditional way, but I think, yeah, just keep the faith that you will get there and always stick to yourself, whether it's like your portfolio, your CV, the company you're applying for, just go for someone that I think life's too short to apply for a job, like apply for loads that you're not going to enjoy. I think really stick to who you are and you know you'll enjoy it. Fantastic. And can I add to that? The KBB sector is brill. So it's a sector that, that doesn't necessarily jump out from a, a young age, but um, there's so much potential for this industry. And that's what we, we want. Yeah. That's, that's what, I, that's about what I want to work people. on. I want to showcase careers like this. Yeah. Because when people think design, they think KBB, they think these products, you're immediately thinking showroom management, you're thinking design, you're thinking business development, specification. What we're actually showing here in this room is that there's different career pathways yeah. within the same brands yeah. and within the same businesses. And I think even though we're all one marketing team, we all cover such different areas and I think you don't really realise that until you get into the job yourself. I want to hang so. out with you all. It just feels like fun. You know, Come for a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a whole array of coffee we could have, but it feels like fun. Anything else, Abby? Um, I think especially working with the people you... You, the people that you work with, you need to enjoy it as well. And I mm. think working in a place that such a great like sense of community, like we were saying earlier, I think it makes such a big difference. So just yeah, make sure you're you're in a place you know you will enjoy, and it will keep you inspired to want to keep working there. And it's a powerful message. Good message. Messages there. Thank you, Abby. Okay, so 
No pressure, Neve. Yeah, yeah. You know, no pressure. Last you get, up. You're gonna you're gonna wrap up the show. I'll keep it short and sweet. You don't have to. You I'd could, you say... could, you could you, but don't talk about anyone else's podcast because I know you've got that trick in your locker. So we will cut that out. And we'll wait for the Peaky Blinders theme tune. Too. <laughs> Over to you. My three, three pieces of advice. My three pieces of advice would be aim high, take a risk, and be yourself. That Very is nice. pretty good. That yeah. is absolutely fantastic. Mind, and, and I've got to say that that's that's just a brilliant end to episode two. Uh, thank you so much for having me and Charlie today. Thank you. Um, thank you. It's been it's been worth it's worth the journey. It's worth the trip. We're excited about making this happen. Um, being on location is a, is about taking the show to, to different different experiences, different different pressure points, feeling differently. We've got a brilliant studio in Brighton. You're all welcome down there to, to come. John's been there before. We'd love to, yeah. But coming but coming here to, to record it and to to really get the feeling of what you're about as a team is brilliant. Chris, thank you. You are Lucy. Not Fulham fan. We've got that in. She, she's had to get I'm it in. She's, she's man you with John. All right. Abby, Nee, thank you so much. Ladies thank and gentlemen, you. boys and girls, that is the end of episode two from season six of The Foy and Jones Show. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, as I said, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out next week's episode as we will keep inspiring our stars of the future.